This insert is brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za. just would like to welcome all the listeners out there that's just tuned into Radio K Pulpit. This is Alana Willie Free with my program called Body Matters. I hope you all had a lovely week and yeah, to look forward to this Sunday, which is Mother's Day, we're going to celebrate. And today I'm going to talk about Mother's Day and just share a little bit about um, being a mom myself and also God's heart for us to be a mom. You know, during my time as um, a mother, God has shown me and taught me so many little things. And there are such little treasures that I thought today would be a great opportunity to share it with each one of you. And yeah, so let me just start off and introduce myself. You all know me, Alana, and um, I've got four children. Um, my oldest daughter is Emma, and she's now third year at Stellenbosch University. And then I've got Tristan. He's just finished matric last year. Liam in grade 11. And then I've got Anna, my little baby. She's now in grade seven. You know, God has blessed me with beautiful kids. And I am just so in awe because without God and without the Holy Spirit, without um, support and guidance, it's very, very difficult to be a mom and to be a parent. I mean, with all the phases and the stages that we go through, there's always different challenges And some of them are easy and sometimes you just don't know. And therefore, I always say, God, you need to help me. And you you all know as moms, you know, it is challenging. And we all got we all want the best for our children at the end of the day. So being a mother does not come with a manual. You know, the only thing we can go on is what we've seen our parents do or our aunts have done or our grandmothers have done. And yeah, so we only go on what we, we've seen and what we've experienced in our own lives. And I also just going through um, scriptures, there's not a lot that the scriptures offers on, you know, how to, to train up your child because there is a scripture that says train up your child in the way he or she should go. And when he's older, he will, you know, he will turn back um, or continue with that. And I'm going to read that scripture a little bit later on. But um, further than that, there's not a lot. So we have to be spirit led as mothers. So I've got the scripture that I just want to share in Titus 2, 3 to 5, which says, Likewise, teach the older women to be reverent in the way they live, not to be slanderers or addictive to too much wine, but to teach what is good. Then they can urge the younger women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, and to be busy at home, to be kind and to be subjected to their husbands so that no one may maligne the word of God. So here's just one scripture where it says that, you know, the older ladies, our um, parents and our grandparents and even our aunts, they should be, you know, once they've been through um, their experiences that they should pass on the knowledge to us as a um, a younger generation and for us as mothers to pass it on to our children. 
So as a new mother, there is nothing that can prepare you for what is to come. Um, you know, when you have your first baby, you've really been thrown into the deep end. And um, you will soon realize that sometimes it can be so overwhelming, even though in the midst of the beauty thereof of having a, a beautiful um, son or daughter, it is overwhelming. And you realize that your children are so dependent on you to survive. And um, as soon as you realize that, you, you realize that your life is no longer your own. So one of the things that I've learned is when you have a child, when God gives you your beautiful children, you don't live for yourself anymore. You live for those kids. And it's a huge responsibility, not just as a mother, but as a parent. So being a mother means to sacrifice. I know it's a huge sacrifice being a mom. And it's also the most selfless job in the world. And what makes it so beautiful is that the selflessness is driven by love. You know, we don't, we get up in the morning when we have that first baby and you have to get up every two hours to, to feed them. I mean, I remember getting up in the morning just to, you know, every two hours just to hear if they're still breathing. And it's not a chore. It's something that you want to do. And that is what selflessness is all about. I think another thing that for me was so powerful was when I held my firstborn, Emma, in my arms, just minutes after giving birth to her, I had this deep sense and revelation of what pure love and unconditional love is. And it's not the same love that you feel for your husband. It's just completely different. And I think in that glimpse, in that moment, when you really understand that love, you understand how much God loves us as his children. And I remember one day someone once said, you know, if we think we love our children, how much more does God not love them? Because in our own understanding of love on this earth, it's just in part, we don't really comprehend the love that Christ has for us. And at the end of the day, it's his children that he's given to us to take care of. And so being a mom has taught me the true meaning of unconditional love and selflessness. But let's take a break and then we'll continue after this. Hi, if you've just tuned into Radio K Pulpit, this is Alana Willie for you with my program called Body Matters. And we are just chatting. I'm just sharing a little bit about motherhood and my experience as a mom and also the lessons that God has taught me along the way. I've got four children and my oldest daughter will be 21. My youngest at this stage is um, 13 years old. So I have two boys and two girls. And so, yes, it is a challenge for every mom. And I'm sure moms out there will agree with me. It's challenging to raise children. And as mothers and fathers, you know, we try our very best to raise our children. And I always say, you know, we as parents have also got our imperfections. None of us are perfect. And so we also raise our children in a way that, um, you know, in our own imperfection. And that is why, you know, we do our best. Most moms, parents do their best. And sometimes what we think is right is not always godly. 
And that is why we need to partner with God in the way that we raise our children. And we need to be spirit-led. You know, as I was preparing for today, and I don't have a very long message for today, but the story, my I was sitting with my dad during the week, and he was sharing the story of Mary. And I just realized that this is something I want to share with you because it's just so mind-blowing. So the story of Mary, when Mary, the mother of Jesus, went to the wedding um, and the wine ran out and she went to Jesus because Jesus was also at the wedding. And she said to Jesus, the wine has run out. And Jesus' reply to her was, woman, why do you involve me? My time has not yet come. And, you know, Mary totally ignores Jesus. And she says to the people there, get the water and listen to what he's got to say. And during that time, Jesus performs his first miracle. Now, to me, that is so mind-blowing because you would think that is Jesus. He would know it's his right time. But God chose his mother to guide him, to help him, to push him into his purpose. So God has given us as mothers and parents an instinct of knowing to discern, to have discernment and wisdom with regards to our children and to guide them and to help them. You know, God will not give you children and not give you or equip you, give you the wisdom and the discernment to raise those kids. And for me, the story was just so powerful that God used her. She knew something that Jesus didn't know. And I believe that she was led by the Spirit to to guide Jesus into the beginning of his ministry. And he used a woman. He used her as a mother. And mothers are so powerful. God has really given all parents just a, a instinctive knowing. We know when something's not right in our children's lives. And we should be be tuned into that. And I know that God has placed that in each and every one of our hearts. And in saying so, you know, I'm not a perfect parent. I also have made many mistakes raising my children. I failed them and I still fail them every single day. And, um, you know, the one thing I've learned is when I mess up, you know, I always would go and apologize to my children, really ask them for forgiveness. And, um, you know, there's so many times I sit before the Lord and I say, God, I have failed as a mother. I really messed up once again. And one day as I was sitting, I heard the Lord say clearly to me in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he says, in your weakness, I am your strength. And you can go read that whole scripture. But that just took away the condemnation. And he said to me, every time you apologize to your children, you're teaching them humility. You know, God knows what we go through. He knows that it's not easy. He knows we are, you know, we fail. We all fall short of God's glory. You know, we all fail ourselves, our kids, and we're not perfect. And we're still trying to raise kids and deal with our own things. So, yes, just as a mother, all I can do is just share. So I just want to share also a couple of things that God has taught me along the line. And maybe for some of you out there, you know, this might just be um, something that you can take with you or something that you can think about. The one thing that the Lord has also taught me is um, 
to say that what you say to your children is not as powerful as the way in which you conduct your life. And, you know, we can preach to our children so many times, don't do this, this is what you must do, this is right, don't watch that movie. But if our lives as parents don't bear witness to them, then we are contradicting the word of God. And I'm talking to Christians, you know, as Christians, we, we, we can become sometimes so staunch and rigid with our kids, but we don't live it out ourselves. And what we are actually teaching them is dead religion. And I find a lot of children that grew up in households like that, we say, you know, my parents said don't drink, but they drank, you know, don't smoke, but they smoke. And so why should I serve that God? Why should I serve their God if nothing about them reflects Jesus Christ? And we must remember, I think the one thing is our children are watching us. And um, our children will become like us because we are the role models, whether we like it or not, in our children's lives. And I just want to share a story with you. It's quite a funny story that just to tie up with what I was saying right now. Um, I remember one morning um, I had got my four kids into the car and I was on my way to school. And I don't know what happened, but as I was, um, you know, reversing the car, I bumped the car by accident. And I said to the children, if your dad asks what happened to the car, don't tell them anything. Just say nothing. You don't know. Anyway, and I forgot about it. And um, a week later, I'm busy reversing out of the car, to, uh, the reversing the car out of the driveway and on my way to school. And my husband is behind and he stops me. I can see him in the, in the mirror and he stops and he comes to me and he says to me, um, I see there's a bump in the back of your car. Did, um, you know, what, what happened? And all my kids are in the back of the car and they say absolutely nothing. And I said, no, I don't know. I really, I don't know um, what happened to the car. Anyway, so I reverse out and the minute I reversed out and we were on our way to school, my children said to me, mommy, you taught us not to lie. And now you are lying to daddy and you need to go and say sorry and you need to tell daddy the truth. And, you know, the Holy Spirit just convicted me. Here I am all the years teaching my children to do what is right. And here I am lying in front of them and expecting them to lie for me. But praise God, my kids, the Holy Spirit uses my kids. And even today, there's so many times I might do something and they will look at me and say, Mommy, I don't think what you said there was, was right or, you know. And, you know, sometimes it's so good to know that your kids notice and, um, you know, that, that they, they can see the difference. And we all, as I said, we all fall short of God's glory. Um, you know, there's many challenges. Um, the thing that I'm challenged with the most, and I just want to share with you, um, you know, when the kids are little, I've, I've, I've found that I was very relational with them. And relational meaning very, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? But as my kids grew older and they could do, you know, my children have chores. So I give them things to do and, um, you know, they're older. They can help in the house and they can do many things. And 
I've realized that I have become very functional with my kids. And I never knew this. And I'm going to explain to you the difference. And functional means you're always telling them what to do. And one day my son woke up and before he could even open up his eyes, I was like, hey, Tristan, when you wake up, just remember you need to clean up your room, pick up your clothes. You know, you're on bin duty this morning and then you need to help your brother with whatever. And he looked at me and he says, mommy, you didn't even say good morning. And it just struck me that sometimes we become so functional with our children. We've got a whole to-do list because we're busy. We're busy as moms. We've got things to do. And we become so functional that we forget to become relational. And, you know, instead of saying, hi, how was your day today? What did you do? Share what was, you know, what, what, what happened today? We forget about that. And the one thing, this is where I'm challenged. And sometimes when you become so caught up in being functional, you know, with your to-do list, you don't listen. And I find that sometimes I don't listen to my children enough because while they're talking to me, I'm already on what they need to do. My mind's already going on to the next step. And yeah, so that's been my challenge that I'm sharing with you. And um, I know that God wants us to have a balance and it's to find that balance of being relational and functional, because the most important thing that we can do is, or the most important thing is how our children feel when they're around us. You know, do they feel loved? Do we make them feel special? Do we make, do we see them as humans? Do we, are we interested in what they are interested in? Do we sit and spend time with them just listening? And sometimes as parents, I know life is so busy, we don't always do that. But I just want to share one of the the books that I um, have also at home, which is so good as the love languages. And I don't know if many of you have read the five love languages. So I just want to touch on that because it's so good to know what your children's love languages are. Like for instance, um, Emma, my daughter, she loves quality time. If we go for a walk together or I take her for coffee, she just blossoms. She opens up. Um, Tristan, on the other hand, my second oldest, he's always telling me, mommy, you look beautiful. Or mom, what do you think about my new pants or my hairstyle? And then I've realized that his love language is um, words of affirmation. And then Liam, my third oldest, he loves, you'll always tell me, mom, I need a hug. (laughs) And then I have to give him a hug. He asks for a hug because he's physical touch. That is his love language. And then Anna, my last, um, she loves it. When I, when she was little and I would get home from the shop, she will always say, mom, what did you buy me? What did you, did you, have you got a sweet for me? What are you going to get me? And so I know that her love language is gifts. Um, so it's so important when you can identify it and you can just put a little bit of effort, just um, being aware of it, even if it's just five minutes a day, giving that compliment, giving that hug, 
just asking, how was my day? Well, how was your day? You know, what have you done? And it's so nice to engage with our kids because that is what makes them feel loved. At the end of the day, that's the most important thing. Another thing that the Lord has taught me also, especially when my children were little and even now as they grow up, um, is setting boundaries. And boundaries change in every phase I've realized in my children's lives. The older they got, some of the boundaries shifted. You know, the kids would go to bed a certain time. Um, you know, they had to do their homework. So um, setting boundaries for them, even now older as they go out, to give them a curfew and a time to come back or, you know, you need to phone us and let us know where you are. And I have believed that boundaries promotes love and security. It's good to set boundaries. I remember uh, many years ago when um, I was still a teenager and I was still in the house and I wanted to go to a party. And my cousin was also there and he and I was standing because he was going to go with me and his parents just got divorced and they stayed with us for a short while. And I remember my dad said I had to be home at 12. And I was so angry. I said, Dad, not 12, half past 12, back at one o'clock. And I was trying to push my boundaries and my dad said, no, 12. And I was so upset. And I said to my cousin, okay, we need to be back at 12. And he looked at me and he said to me, you know what? Your dad loves you. That is why he said you must be back at 12. And I was like, to me, that's not love. That's just being selfish. And he said to me, you know what? My parents, and, and this is shame, this is not to break my cousin or my aunt or anyone down. But at that stage, the, the words were so powerful. He said, my parents never said curfew. They don't even care when I come back one o'clock or two o'clock. And for the first time, I realized that he didn't feel loved and that boundaries definitely set um that, that promotes love and security. So that is one of the things that I, you know, try and implement in my household and not to um, crush um, anyone's creativity, but just to be fair, just to, to know that everybody knows where we stand and this is how our household runs. And then one of the most powerful things I think that God has really laid on my heart with my children is discipline. And I know that my husband and myself, one of the biggest things that we used to argue about or, you know, was the way that we would discipline our kids. How are we going to discipline them? You know, I grew up in a household where I think I got a hiding once. But when my dad spoke, he spoke and, and we knew that when he said that, that's what we needed to do. And my husband grew up where, in a household where they got lots of hidings and no one spoke. You just got a hiding and that was it. So to find the balance between how to discipline my children was very, um, very hard. Because if you had to give them a hiding, I was like, no, 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 you, you're being too harsh or too cruel or whatever. But in the midst of all of this, I think God had taught me one lesson. And this lesson is how you discipline your children will determine the relationship that they will have with you. And to me, that was very powerful because the Lord says that discipline is good. It says, um, it says the time, okay, it says whoever spares the rod hates their children, 
but the one who loves their children is careful to discipline them. That is in Proverbs 13, 24. So God wants us to discipline our children because he disciplines us to keep us on the right track. But there are two ways in which we can discipline. We can either discipline our children and promote shame and embarrassment and guilt in their lives, and or we could discipline them in the way to motivate them to do what is right. And I found that that sometimes people discipline their kids that bring upon a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, a lot of embarrassment. And those children grow up with that, with that negativity inside of them and and sometimes these children resent their parents or you know they carry bitterness or anger towards their parents and the relationship between that parent and that child is never a, a good relationship but if you discipline your children and you ask God for wisdom because every time you need to discipline them you need to ask for wisdom because every situation is different but if you can find a way where you can motivate your children, discipline them in order to bring good behavior, then your children at the end of the day will thank you and respect you at the end of the day. Let me just read more scriptures. Yeah, it says, but the word also says, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the adamation of the Lord. Um, and in Ephesians 6 verse 4, it says, God disciplines through conviction and the enemy disciplines through condemnation. Okay, sorry, Ephesians 6 verse 4 is um, fathers do not provoke your children to wrath. And there's a reason why God says that, so that your children will not grow up resenting you and being, um, you know, distorting that relation between the two of you and here's the scripture that I wanted to read right at the beginning where it says train up your child in the way they should go and when they are older they will not depart from it and that's Proverbs 22 6 so it says train up your child you know train them up whether it's discipline whether it's talking whether whatever it is we are training up our children the one thing that God also laid on my heart was, and um, this is through through counseling, you know, going through counseling and being a counselor for many years. Um, and I think this is so important that I really want to mention this, that if you love your children, you will deal with the sin in your own life. Whatever door you open up over your life, you open up over your children's lives and their generations. You know, um, this is where it says the sins of the father shall be visited upon the sons. That is where the generation, um, it says you're either you're cursed with the third to the fourth generation or there will be blessings. And I just want to back this up with a story that I, I read recently. And this story is so powerful to me um, with regards to, to sin. Um, there was a father who, um, him and his son, they never spoke to each other for many, many years. And this father and the son relationship was not good. The father was an alcoholic and um, he obviously, you know, the household was in chaos and the children were in chaos. And this son moved to a different state and he cut his father off completely. And But during the time, the father got to... 
he got to know the Lord and he he stopped drinking. He actually got himself all cleaned up. And part of the cleaning up process, he decided that he was going to call his son that was in another state. And he felt in his heart that it's something that he needed to make right with his son. And um, so he finds his son and he says to his son, you know, he apologizes for, you know, everything that he has done to him and what he said and whatever the story was. And he just wants to tell his son that, say, on the 20th of March, he stopped drinking and he hasn't touched a drink since then. And the son was listening to him and the son said to him, Dad, just just repeat the date that you stopped drinking. And the father said it was the 20th of March. And this boy says, you won't believe it, Daddy. During the time that you, that I haven't spoken to you, I've become an alcoholic and I have destroyed almost my whole entire family. But on the 20th of March, I said, I can't go on like this anymore. I have to stop drinking. And that is the last time that I've touched a drink. And I listened to this story and it just shows you that God is so powerful. He's so good. What When we close that door to sin in our lives, we make it easier that that generational curse will not fall onto our children. And if we love them, we will be the example. We will break off. We close. We do what we can as parents for our children. And then just lastly, before we take a break, I just want to say the one thing that God has laid in my heart, and this is to pray for our children and never cease to pray. Because you know what? Our kids are going to move out of the house one day. Some of you have children that, you know, has been out of the house for many years. And, you know, you're not there for them. You know, you can't tell them what to do anymore. But God can convict them. God can help them. God can show them the way. So as parents, never cease to pray for your children. I think that is the least that we can do is just to continue to pray for them and hand them in God's hands. And, yes, yeah, so at this point, let's take a break and then we can continue further. Hi, this is Alana Wellyfair and you've just joined Body Matters and you are basically, um, I'm chatting about being a mom and I'm just sharing a little bit about what God has taught me, you know, over the years as being a mom. And I just wanted to to share that with you. Um, I also want to share the story with you that I um that I've read the other day, and I thought that this would just be encouraging um, story. So I'm going to read this. It's something I just got off the internet, but yeah, there's always a lesson to be learned. You know, it first starts off here with, um, it's called A Mother's Love. And I think this is such a, a cute and powerful story. So just bear with me as I read it. You see, there was a couple who had a son named Rohit. And they lived happily ever after, and their child Rohit grew into a young lad. And one day the couple decided to marry their son. And after he got married, he started feeling very irritated with his parents and with his father. And um, 
after his father died, he decided that he, he was going to put his mom in an old age home. Um, she was forced to go. He didn't give her a choice. And he put her in a place where, um, you know, there wasn't a lot of um, basic um, needs. It was a, a just some just an old age home that had basic amenities for life. And he would he used to visit his mom um, at the old age home just once a week. And one day he came to know that his mother was seriously ill and she left only a few hours and there was only a few hours left of her life. And he decided to to visit her and found her lying on the bed. And out of nowhere, his heart started feeling bad because he had not treated his mother very well and he never placed her in a good um, care facility. And so he asked his mother if he could do something for her, you know, in the last time or the last time that she had that will make her happy. And upon which the mother replied and she said, dear son, please install some fans in the rooms here in the old age home as there isn't any fans in any of the rooms and also buy a fridge for the old people living here. You know, many times people living here have to sleep without food as it gets spoilt. And many times because of the lack of fridge. And son, for that reason, I, I had to sleep without food for many days. Um, the son, being very perplexed, asked, why are you only asking me this now? For all these days when you're left alone, and now there's only a few hours left of your life. And the mother replied, and she said, son... I'm worried that you will not be able to live here one day comfortably when your son will also put you here and you're going to have to spend your last days here. So I want so I want that everything before you come here will be installed and mended. And the son's heart got overwhelmed to hear these words of his mother. And this is a mother's love. And it didn't demand anything. And, you know, it's such a, a simple story. You know, it's, it's such a, a, a story of just illustrating, you know, what we do to our parents. You know, our children will do to us one day. And the way we treat our parents, you know, we need to be careful that our children don't treat us the same way. And so, yeah, so a mother is someone, you know, that who puts her own interests first. Oh, a mother is someone that puts her children's interests first before herself. You know, moms are nurturers and caregivers. And moms will do anything to keep their children safe. You know, we put out so much for our kids. We do so much for them. And I don't think children, as a, as a child in my household, I didn't realize all the work that my mother did for me. You know, she got up every morning, put lunch in for me, made sure my school clothes were, was ironed, um, made sure that my homework was done. And she gave a sacrifice so, so much for me, you know, for us as children. And 
as a child, you don't really understand that. And I think when I grew older, you you understand when you have your own children and when you have to raise a family, you really realize how much a mother really does and how much she really sacrifices. So for those who have moms out there, this Mother's Day, just tell them how much you care about them. You know, make them feel special. Um, you know, just just do whatever it is to make them honor, to honor them, to respect them, to love them. Because I think as moms, we've put out so much. Our parents have done so much for us. You know, at that on this night, I just want to end with, with two things before I pray and end off with this message that I really want to um want to say and the one thing I felt that God had really laid on my heart that there's a lot of mothers out there that feel guilty and feel like they have messed up with their children and my message today was not to condemn anybody it was just to share you know the the road that I've walked and the things that God has laid on my heart so this message is for someone and I just want to say to you as a mom if you're feeling guilty today and you think you've made a mess of being a mother I just want to tell you that God handpicked you to be the mother of your children because he knew that you were the best choice to raise your kids you've got the right temperament the right personality to raise the children that God has given you and, you know, God would not entrust his children in your care if you were not good enough. And I just really want to share that with someone today. You are good enough. You are the best mom for your children. And also the last thing I want to say, as long as you have breath in you, you know, you can go and make right with your children. You know, this last week, even I was walking in a, a shopping center and I bumped into this lady that I knew from, from my previous church. And she said to me, and we were just chatting, and she said to me, I just want you to pray for one thing. And she said, just pray for my son, because my son believed that I did a lot of bad things to him. And I've never done any of those things to him. And, you know, when I walked and I said, yes, I'll pray for you. And I walked away. And then during the week, I got the scripture also that God, you know, that scripture in Malachi, where it, says, where it says that God will turn the hearts of the fathers to the son and the sons of the, and the hearts of the sons to the fathers. You know, God is into restoration. He's into healing. And it doesn't matter how old you are as a parent, even if you didn't mess up, even if your, your children have messed up and you might have just written them off. I want to urge you today that while you have breath in you, go and make right with your children. You know where you have wronged them. And even if you didn't wrong them, just be the first one to say, I am sorry, please forgive me. And this I know is a word for someone. Don't wait until it's too late to apologize. Um, you know, do what God has laid on your heart. Go and make right. Even if that person doesn't make right with you, you do what you need to do. You work out your salvation before the Lord. You do what's right before God. And trust God that he will bring healing and restoration in your family.
And I just want to end off with some prayer. So, Father, I just want to come and bring every listener out there today, every mother, every parent, Father. You know, Father God, how difficult it is and, and challenging it is to be a parent, especially in this world today. Father, I pray for every mother and father. Give them the strength. Give them the wisdom. Give them the knowing and the know-how how to raise their children, Father, and to be you know, godly men and women in your kingdom, Father. And Father, I pray for those mothers with, who feel guilty. Father, just take away that guilt because your word says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, and that it's never too late to make right. It's never too late to, you know, to be better, Father. And without you, Lord, we are weak. We are failures, Father, as parents. And it's only not by power, not by might, but by your spirit, Father, that we can raise our children to be godly men and women. And Lord, I just thank you for our parents. Thank you, Lord, for every mother that they will feel loved and special, Father, and that their children will make them feel loved and special. And that you will just, I know, Father, you have equipped women to do a lot of things, a lot of roles, Father. You have just knitted us together in a way that's so unique, Father. And I pray your blessings and your protection over every mother, every household. I pray for restoration. I pray for, for healing. I pray for reconciliation, Father. And I ask this all in your precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So to all of you out there, I hope you have a beautiful and blessed Mother's Day. Thank you so much for tuning into my program. And unfortunately, this is the end of my program, but we'll meet again next week at the same time. And yeah, enjoy your week ahead. Goodbye. This insert was brought to you by Radio K Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.